Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. time with Pastor Steph. How are you this morning? That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. For this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So, where were you last week? Uh, There was no shaking the Monday morning blues and there was no let's talk about a Tuesday church fork day. But we did have a Wow Wednesday. And our girlfriend Viv gave us the socially conscious segment and she talked about the sexually transmitted infections that are increasing in our newborns as they are born with congenital Syphilis, yes, the largest and highest the numbers have ever been. Over 3,000 infants born with this disease. So come on, people, we have a whole lot to pray about. We also talked about the marijuana uh, stuff that's going on in our bodies, yes. Know people who smoke weed tend to think that nothing goes wrong. And now they are doing the research and they're finding that marijuana can heighten heart disease. Mm-hmm. It increases carbon monoxide and tar in our body and it's linking to heart muscle disease as well as some other ailments that people are coming up with. So please spread the word because I'm sure you know somebody who's smoking weed and thinks that there's nothing wrong with anything. All right. Well, marijuana. Mayor Adams is talking about the prostitution crisis that's going on in Queens and the primary perpetrators are the migrants. Mm-hmm. Yes, as the students are going by, the prostitutes in the daytime, yes, they are out in the broad daylight. As the freshman said, she saw a woman right in front of the pharmacy, mm-hmm. sitting on mattresses, 
Oh yeah, it's it's gotten pretty bad. Well, Mayor Adams said he visited the area at one thirty in the morning, and uh, he's willing to go back with a camera crew. Now we're we're still trying to figure out what the point of that is, but unfortunately, there's some concern that sex trafficking is actually a part of this prostitution melee. So that's another thing we need to definitely hold up before the Lord, as we know this sex trafficking is really quite out of control right now. So, you know, there's a lot of things that are going on right here under our noses. Therapeutic Thursday was also dress talk with our girlfriend Gertie. Yes, and we talked about some scalp tips. Yes, and how it is affecting our bodies and how our food intake actually has something to do with that. I think you need to go back. And listen, it was quite some conversation we had. We then branched off into the benefits of water. Yes, the benefits of water in our bodies as we have some adults who are not realizing that, you know, you can't have healthy scalp or healthy body if you do not have a regular intake of water. We also talked about the uh, the benefits of some food that have high water content. Yeah. So it was a really good conversation on Thursday. Yes, yes, and yes. Well, Freestyle Friday rolled around, and we got to talking with the guys about typical anxiety triggers. Yeah, you know how we do. A whole lot of stuff brings us anxiety. And it was a really, really good conversation. As we talked about uh, the things that can actually trigger anxiety. And we talked about being in a cluttered or messy space and how that can affect you. You know, I have to tell you that, you know, ever since I've gotten this uh, fibromyalgia, it's very hard for me to deal with, like, real messy spaces. Yeah, my it's almost like my eyes, it, if I see it, it affects my head. Yes. Yeah, it, it really... It's it's a really weird thing, but you know what? With all the different mental um, anxieties, let's put it like that, that this condition brings, it's not just an achy muscle and joints thing. It's gotten quite um, large, actually, and cluttered and messy spaces definitely brings anxiety to a whole lot of people. Yeah. So that means it should be a whole lot of nice and <laughs> clean areas, right? 
All right. Well, what else? Stress. Stress. Your stress around you can bring anxiety, and, and this is one of the reasons why we have to definitely watch our stress intake. You know, they say stress is a silent killer. Yeah. And as we were talking, one of the gentlemen brought up, you know, that that can easily be a trigger of anxiety for us. Yeah, just being in stressful situations, and those can come up at any given moment. Somebody else brought up finances. Well, I got to tell you, if finances, or the lack thereof, doesn't bring on an anxiety, you know, issue in your life, oh, you are quite exceptional. You know, because let's be honest, just because we know the Lord does not mean that we cannot, you know, have a moment of being anxious. But we do have that scripture that tells us be anxious for nothing but with prayer and supplication. Make your requests known to God. And it will bring you peace beyond all understanding. Oh, man. That's becoming one of my favorite verses. Because a lot of times when we don't set our mind on things that are above and we let this earthly business take hold of our lives and our minds, we are really in a bad mindset. You know? Yeah. And... You know, we finished our week just like that. Well, we got a nice start to our week with the Word Prayer Project. And we talked about accepting and dealing with change God's way. Oh, my goodness. That was so good. So good. The prayer request, as always, you know, that's what I'm definitely, you know, moved by, and, you know, the petitions that were going forth, you know, don't be anxious, you know, but make your request known to God, you know, get that thing to the Lord, and I'm finding that younger people are not as amenable to change as they, you know, once were. And it's it's causing a lot of anxiety. And I'm trying to figure out why. You know, if we know about change, man, or if we understand change, or when we're young, changes take place all the time. Changes in your body, changes in your situation, changes in your living, changes in your lifestyle. I mean... Especially when you're young. So I don't know. I don't know what seems to be this issue with the acceptance and how we deal with change. But, you know, that's going to bring us a level of anxiety and stress that we really don't need. And considering that we can't, we can't change change. 
<laughs> yeah, we have no control over that. And one of the first verses that came up last night was Ecclesiastes 3.1. There is a time and place for everything under the heavens. And I, I tell you, you know, as you read the scriptures, these verses hit you based on where you are in life. And when I read that last night, I was like, wait a minute. I know this has always said that, but it just hit me differently. And, you know, when you just read, there's a time for everything. There's a time for everything. I think I added that place by mistake. There's a time for everything under the heavens. Me, it automatically tells you that nothing is going to ever remain the same. There's a time for everything because things are going to move out of the way to make room for other things. It's a time. Everything does not last always. Our teeth don't last always. Our vision is not the same forever. You know, everything shifts. Life shifts. You don't, you know, you don't work forever. You don't have the same job forever. You know, you don't know the same people forever. You know, it's like you don't live in one place forever necessarily. I mean, it's just, I'm just looking at the logic in that verse. And I'm just looking at it and I'm like, wait a minute. This verse hasn't changed. So what is it that we're not getting? What is it that we're not getting? And it doesn't mean that you're always going to automatically be comfortable with the change. But it's really how you deal with the change and how you accept the change that makes the difference. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to be comfortable, like, okay, you know what, I can, you know, I'm going to get used to this. And that's your mindset. It's another thing to be complaining about everything that's changing. And I don't like change. And, you know, change, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not comfortable with this. And I'm used to things being, we, we, we all, we all are comfortable with things being, you know, one way. I mean, that's just normal. You know, once we set in with things, you know, you kind of, you know, even when, if you weren't all that excited about it, you've kind of gotten settled in and comfortable and, you know, you've just dealt with it. But once that next shift takes place, it just, like, makes us twisted. And I'm like, why are we putting ourselves through so much? If we just take that thing to God and just, you know, let God know, okay, you know what, here's this shift and I'm going to need some help with this one. I'm going to need some help, and I'm going to leave it to you as to how, you know, I I move forward in this new phase of life or this new place that I need to be in or this new, you know, person that has come, you know, into my life or whatever the situation is because there are a million changes that go on. And like I said, there's nothing we can do about it. So are we going to spend our life complaining about it? Boy, I'm surprised we've even made it this far. 
So I just give God thanks for the growth that happens. And, you know, I think if we paid attention to these scriptures just a little bit more, then we would be just better mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Yeah. So that's how we spent our last week, and that's how we got this week jump-started. And today is Shaking the Monday Morning Balloons. <laughs> and I'm liking that. I'm liking that. Because if you do that, then your week can't get started off wrong. You know, we don't always wake up feeling the best. That's normal. But again, what are we doing? If if we give the day to the Lord, then, you know, we can settle on in and be happy. All right? All right. So let's get our morning started. Go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Go and tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we will be right back. Hi, everyone. I'm Keith Urban. November is Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month. And what that means to us in Nashville is supporting the Nikki Mitchell Foundation. Nikki Mitchell was Waylon Jennings' longtime friend and manager. Before her death, Nikki challenged her friends in the music community to shine a light on the need for research. There is no early detection. No one talks about pancreatic cancer because currently it's a death sentence. So please join the music community and help us find a cure. Go to NikkiMitchellFoundation.org to learn more. Thanks that, you know, she's able to be on 
to listen with us this morning. So we're giving God thanks, giving God thanks, giving God thanks. So I wanted to let her know that I did notice that that number did pop up this morning. And uh, God is good. God is good. You know, when you uh, are accustomed to looking at this board and seeing the numbers on a regular basis and, you know, it doesn't look the same, yeah, you'd be surprised how it affects you. So I just wanted her to know that I'm giving God thanks that uh, you're able to listen. You're able to listen. Alrighty, we're going to get our little health tip today, so I really hope you've got those pens and paper because we've got the popular foods that make you look older and age faster. I hope y'all got a pen because I'm sure... There's something on this list that you just might be partaking in, putting it in your system. And we just got finished talking last week how vital water is and flushing your system is key to a youthful look. So we're going to look at all those things that we ingest that make us look older and help us look like we're aging. So these are the foods that help with the aging process and it speeds it up. All right? Soda. Mmm. 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 They say studies show that 85 drinks are either extremely erosive or erosive to your teeth. And soda is on that list. Yes, sirree. Mm, mm, mm. They say the amount of sugar that's added to soda is simply mind-boggling. All right. Soda accounts for 17.1% of total added sugar consumption. So, you want to look nice and young? Man, don't ingest these foods that I'm going to give you on this list because they accelerate the age process. All right? Alcohol is on this list. Oh yeah. As Brother Al would say, mm-hmm. they say a glass or two of wine is not harmful to you or your skin, but excessive drinking Ooh, causes free radicals. Now, here's the thing. I want you to go back and think about when we did the study on drinking like adds to like 60 60 degrees degrees diseases I'm sorry they are contributors 
to at least 60 diseases. So this wine or two a glass, don't believe the hype because you don't know what it's doing to your body, but it is definitely on this list that accelerates the aging process. All righty? Ready? Deep fried fast food. Ooh. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. They say that fast food is deep fried in hydronated vegetable oil. And this includes trans fats. And these fats prevent moisture, which your body, particularly your skin, needs. And if you don't drink water, you really jacked up. Because then you're not putting any moisture back into your body. Yeah. Dairy. Mm. Mm. Wow. They say for some people, dairy promotes inflammation in the body, contributing to oxidative stress, one of the biggest causes of premature aging. So getting rid of dairy can also help your skin's health. Nonetheless, it differs from person to person, all right? Because calcium in dairy can have a significant favorable impact on some people's general skin health. And we all know that you need calcium for your skin. Yeah, your skin. Read that one, y'all. But definitely for your eyes, your teeth, and your bones. So this is why the water is like so detrimental because it gives your body that balance. So although it says that you know the the um for some people the dairy produces inflammation that contributes to the oxidative stress if you balance the water it balances your body all righty all righty processed meat yes 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 okay they see phosphates are added to processed meats to increase shelf life, flavor, and texture. But ingesting too many phosphates might be harmful to your health. According to research, having too much serum phosphates can increase the risk of heart and renal illness, impair bone mass, and even cause mortality. Okay. Mm. They say, watch your grilling. Watch the amount of grilling because when we grill, we put those sausages, those hot dogs, and those kind of foods on the grill. Mm. Wow. They say if you're going to, you know, let up that grill, try more chicken and turkey. Okay. Margarine, we're talking about the foods that accelerate the aging process. And margarine is the next thing on our list. Now, there's always this battle between what's 
worse for your body, margarine or butter, butter or margarine. Well, margarine, according to this here, is worse for your health than butter. They say margarine's trans fatty acids degrade the skin's collagen and suppleness. Even butter isn't much better, though. So if you want to reset your biological clock, you should put the butter knife down. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. They say olive oil or avocados can be used in place of margarine and butter. They're high in anti-aging antioxidants, which help to slow down your biological clock. So, you know, if you don't like avocados, get some seasoning because by itself, Avocados are very, very, very plain. But, man, if you just doll it up, woo, you can get your avocado on. All righty. White bread. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. They say the glycemic index of white bread is high. This indicates that it can promote inflammation in the body, hence Hastening aging. All right. They say white bread contains A, highly processed flour and additives that are harmful to your health. B, contributing to obesity. C, it has a higher risk of heart disease. And D, diabetes. Yeah. Okay. French fries. Uh Uh-oh. Boy, french fries are a staple in this household. Ooh, okay. So, they say french fries are fried at high temperatures in oil. This causes free radicals to be released, which contribute to oxidative stress and cellular damage. French fries are highly salty, pulling water from our bodies and dehydrating our bodies Without our knowledge, it can cause fine lines and wrinkles to emerge over time, reducing the skin's suppleness. They say deep friend oils can hamper cell regeneration and impair immunological function. Wow. And last but not least, Everybody, ready for this? Canned soup. Mmm. Wow. And guess why? Because it's high in sodium. Yeah. And that high in sodium induces high blood pressure and raises the risk of heart disease and and they say, going back to what we just got finished talking about, in the other um, foods, they say this much sodium might dry and harm your skin's suppleness. Canned soups are also high in unhealthy fats and calories, which can disrupt your biological cycle. So they say forego the canned soup and pretty much, Make your own, and man, oh man, oh man, it is nothing to make soup. No, no. Remember that that story 
the little kid's story, stone soup. All they had was water in the stone. Listen, soup is so simple to make. And the best part about it is it can be whatever you want it to be. Soup can be made from anything you want it to be made from. You can put your little chicken in there, throw in your little vegetables, <laughs> your carrots, your celery, your onions, your peppers, your beans, or your peas. I have been making split pea soup. I have never in all my life I've heard of split pea soup. And I was given a bag of split pea soup. And I just threw them in a slow cooker, the crock pot. Man, oh, man. Oh, they were so good. Now, somebody told me that their mom used to make, what do you call it, split pieces with Franks. Now, I've never heard of that before. I've always heard of, you know, different you know, a little meat you put in your split pea soup, but I've never heard Frank's. But hey, that's a suggestion. But you know, stay away from those hot dogs as much. And what I did was the other day I had some turkey wings I made on one day, and the next day I made the the split pea soup. And I just took a couple of pieces of those, pieces of those turkey wings and threw it in that split pea soup. And I threw some carrots. And what else? Oh, some zucchini. Oh, and some green squash and yellow squash. Oh, and some onions. And oh, my goodness. I had a teeny-weeny amount of white great northern beans. And I threw that in there. Oh, my goodness. 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 It was delicious. So you don't have to eat that salty soup that comes in a can. Make your own. Make your own. And the best part about it is you could do that on like a, a day where you're busy. Just get your stuff, throw, cut it up, throw it in the pot, put it on a slow um, fire, and go about your business. Clean your house. You know, do whatever. Run errands, you know, close to the house. Don't leave your stove on. But... If you have a, you know, a, a crock pot, you can do that. All right? All righty. So, we're shaking the Monday morning blues today. And in this house, we got very, 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 very little sleep. Your girl, Shantice, has not been to sleep at all. So, we're all sleep deprived. So, that might be a little bit while I'm on the crazy side today. But, uh, that goes along with this crazy news we're about to talk about. And I've got one topic that I am just like dying to hear what y'all got to say about that. But before we get to there, I want to go back to this story where you had the substitute teacher who encouraged the kids to kiss in front of their class. Yeah, remember that? The Dodo Bird. Yeah, she, and they said that they didn't want to do anything about her because she was from an outside, you know, um, uh, what the agency and all that kind of garbage. Well, they've got some new stuff that has come up in this story. So first of all, she's 29, 
Her name is Rashida Rose. Do we have to talk about which side of the fence she's on? Not anymore, because I have to honestly tell you, when the first story first came up, I automatically assumed that it was on the other side of the fence. But when I read the name and saw the picture, I was like, really? Dope. Um, she's 29 years old. And they said that Miss Rose actually was talking to the kids quite a bit. Yes. See, this first story we got was very vague. So here's how this story kind of goes. They said one of the kids said that the teacher told them that instead of doing the assigned work, that they would be playing the party game, Never Have I Ever. If they only in little people's school, what could you have on this list for never have I ever? So that, needless to say, that's where the inappropriate questions came from. Remember, they said all we had was she she made them kiss or tried to make them kiss, and she was saying things that were inappropriate. Well, now we see. Excuse me, because once you talk about never have I ever, that automatically spills it right there. So they said next that she instructed the kids to close the blinds in the classroom. Now, here's the problem with that. They say that that's one of the emergency things that they do. Yeah, when there's a a crisis, one of the things is they close the, the the uh, blinds. Well, the kids told her that. And she replied, close the blankety-blank blinds. Yes. So already, she ain't ready. She ain't ready to be nobody's teacher. So then, they said that she was refusing to allow children to go to the bathroom. So they then told the <laughs> told the people that she asked the class if anyone was dating when two of the kids raised their hand. Now, if I can remember correctly, this was a sixth-grade class that she had. And one of my uh, domestic violence videos talked about children in elementary school have reported Being in a domestic violence um, or a domestic abuse relationship or knew someone who had. Well, here we go right here. When she asked the class, is anyone dating, nobody should have been raising their hand. But two of them did raise their hand. So here's what she did. She then forced the two of the kids to stand up in front of the classmates and kiss. And they said that the kids did it because they were afraid of what she would do. So they pecked. So they said they have an audio recording, a recording taken by the kids that have her telling the class, I'm going to ask those two if they can give us a show. 
Oh, my goodness. It's like the longer they leave these people in these situations, the worse they get. They never do one thing. They just compound the problem. So they then have her saying, we're not going to say anything. What happens in Mrs. Rose's classroom stays in Mrs. Rose's classroom. Well, that was an epic fail. So they said when it came down to the fourth kissing, she allegedly told the kids, I want it to be where everyone can see. I'm a count to five. Once at five, I want y'all to share a little peck. So the mother of one of the kids that was forced to kiss told the police that her daughter, um, since this particular incident happened, she's been bullied and she doesn't want to go to school anymore. Oh, my goodness gracious. This is some kind of story. And you know what I said to myself, y'all? All of this at school. <laughs> That's what I said to myself. I was like, boy, school sure ain't boring no more. Oh, my gosh. All of this during school. So they ended up arresting her. And um, she's now facing all kinds of charges, all kinds of charges. Oh, boy. We'll never get bored here on this due time, not with news, not with news circulating. Mm. So there's another story where this man gets 100 years. He's sentenced to 100 years for accidentally killing his eight-year-old daughter. Now, out in Montana, they have this man who killed the daughter unintentionally by shooting her. And they said that he's 66 years old. So already, if she's eight, he didn't already had it in an older age. They got him with an oxygen tube in his nose. And, you know, the reason why he started shooting at the wife and the son is because two women showed up at the door. And he thought that they came to evict them. He lost his temper, went and got a gun from his bedroom, and started shooting. And he told the cops that he shot the wife until she fell to the ground. And then he began to shoot at the 18-year-old son. Well, he missed the son, and instead, that's when the daughter got shot in the back, and she was trying to run from the gun. And what happened with her was they said she was standing on the back deck at the top of the stairs, and when she got struck with the bullet, she fell backwards off the deck. And when they rushed her to the hospital, she was pronounced dead. So he tells the people... And he tells the court, let me see, I want, I want to quote him, 
I want to definitely quote them. Because I, I want to... I'm sorry for all of this. Um, I didn't mean to kill her. And I'm sorry. And the judge was like... uh all of this because you thought you were being evicted. So you pick up a gun in this small space with kids present. No. So he gave him 100 years. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Well, he's not the only one who got 100 years because there's another man who got 100 years for killing his wife. In front of, the, of of two children. So, his story, which is really another sick story. <sighs> okay, let me see. Let me, I want to see where it starts. They have like a couple of different areas where it starts. Um... Well, because I, I hate when they split the story up, because then I, I'm trying to find a good part for you, and then I'm like, oh, twist it after a while. So I apologize, I apologize, I apologize. So they they have where she asked him for a divorce. She wanted to get a divorce. And mm, he ended up getting a gun. And said initially he was going to kill himself. He then was started arguing with the wife and then shot at her. And he shot at her right in front of the daughter and the daughter's friend. And he told the courts that he she ended up getting shot because she was struggling and wrestling with him to get the gun away from him but thanks to the kids especially the daughter they said that's not what happened he was angry and they were arguing and he ended up taking the gun out and shooting her and he ended up with a load of counts so that's the way the judge sentenced him. So he was sentenced to a hundred years in total. <laughs> oh goodness. And part of that came from like reckless endangerment because the kids were there, attempted murder because he shot at the little girl. At these people here, so they say that he got 55 years on the murder charge, 30 years on the attempted murder charge, three years on the recklessness charge, plus an additional 12 years on the firearm enhancement charge. Altogether, he ended up with 100 years. Oh, my goodness. When I say these people are just handing over their lives, they are just handing over their lives. 
But here's the story that I want to talk to you all about today. And I want to talk to my due time crew because I'm dying to hear what they think. And I want to hear from you today. Please don't leave me hanging. So I don't know how many of you know that with the lack of housing, Governor Hochul went to the government, she went to the White House, and she asked them for Floyd Bennett Field. Okay? Well, they gave her it. They gave it to her, and they put up a tent city for a 1,000 people. Okay? Well, the first group of migrants were bused to Floyd Bennett Field. Now, what happened was they picked them up from the shelter where they were because I think they exhausted, some of them had exhausted that shelter where they were, and there were some that were new to the system. So they put them on this bus, and they tell them they're going to a shelter. Well, they drive them to Brooklyn, and when they get off the bus and they see the tent city, they turn around and they get back on the bus. So they say one guy says, we weren't told where we were going. I work in the Bronx. My kids go to school in the Bronx. And for us to live out here is ridiculous. We're going back. They say another migrant father bust to the field, said he was he had been living at the Roosevelt Hotel in Midtown, and he was headed back there. Now, these people have already been discharged from where they were. So it's not like they were asking them, do you want to go to someplace new? They don't have a place to live, okay? So they said they're going to take us back to the train so we can go back to 45th Street. We didn't know we were coming here. They just said that we were going and they were taking us to a shelter. I cannot stay here. This is crazy. So they say about 2,000 asylum seekers from the U.S. border with Mexico are expected to eventually be housed at the site. So I was wrong. It's not 1,000. It's 2,000 bed space for them. Okay. Hmm. So one of the bus drivers asked, when I asked them why did they leave immediately like that, they said that they were scared. They weren't sure what they were going, they weren't sure what they were doing there. They don't want to be there. They didn't want to be there, and they were asking to leave. They said that it was isolated. How could I possibly get back and forth to work or getting my children to school from here would be insane. So they were asking to leave. They said that it's a disaster waiting to happen. One of the people said it's one of the coldest days. There's going to be frost tonight. Um, It's not the ideal location for anyone to live. There's no supermarket. 
there's no infrastructure. Now, this is one of the places, again, that they put up. We were talking about it a, a couple of months ago where they had this huge tent. It's enclosed. It has the beds. And they have set up these bathrooms, these row of bathrooms, and these rows of showers. This is what we're talking about here, okay? So one of the, like, I guess, you know, these people who advocate for the um, homeless people, they said they're going to reach out to the Legal Aid Society and the mayor and the governor and ask them to revoke the lease on this site. Now, somebody from Mayor Adams' office said that while some of the migrants did reject the site and signed the release forms, some of them who arrived after that, they decided to stay. So here's the other problem. But the people who arrived, they don't have this complaint. But here's a side issue. So the fire inspectors, remember we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, the fire department, the fire department is concerned because, you know, as you know where you live, there's a proximity, there's, there's a, a, a certain amount of space, and then you have to have fire hydrants. Well, that's not there. Well, it wouldn't be there because that's not what it was made for. So you can't expect for it to be there. So who approved the site and to put up this 2,000-bed tent city and not have the proper um, fire hydrant type of situation to extinguish fires. So here's why this is coming up. Because a lot of the migrants, they say do under, how, how did they put it? They do like underground food delivery. And they use e-bikes. And the e-bikes they have, have lithium batteries. And those batteries have sparked several deadly blazes in this city. So they're saying there's two FDNY satellite units that would be needed to respond to a fire if there was something that came out, you know, jumped off there. But that same two satellite units are supposed to cover the entire borough of Brooklyn. So ultimately what they're saying is if there's someplace else, how in the world they're going to get there to this place, God forbid something jumped off. So what they're saying is the, the powers that be are saying that they've made space for these e-bikes where they're not like under the tents. So if God forbid something were to get started, some fire, they wouldn't have to worry about the fire being started on the inside of the tent. Oh, my goodness. Where are my due timers? 
Oh, my goodness. Where my girl, Tamika, at? She's always the first one to jump on. Good morning, Tamika. Monday, Monday, morning. Good morning. It has been like a century since I've been able to sing that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. How are you? I am well. How are you today? Girl, I'm fine. Thank you. I want to talk about this migrant situation out here at Floyd Benefield. Woo! So we've got this issue. We've got several issues. We've got the issue of the tent, the, the, the uh, governor actually petitioning to the White House to get the field because it would uh, accommodate 2,000 and they have women, children, families. They have the whole nine yards here. This is not one of those where they just have, like, men. No, this is for families. Because you see the families getting back on the bus. Kids, babies, strollers, men, women, children, the whole nine yards. So they gave her what she asked for, and she got it put up. So now you have the migrants who have maxed out of their first, um, what do you call it, shelter, because remember they can only do 30 or 60 days. They've maxed out of that. So they said, okay, we're going to take you to another shelter. And when they took them to this quote-unquote shelter, they are now getting back on the bus yesterday because it was like, no way, we're not doing this. So now... That's the first issue. They're talking about they're going back to the Roosevelt Hotel. They're going back to the Bronx. They're going back to their other, um, uh, what do you call that thing, um, shelter. But these shelters have already put them out. They can't go there no more. So then you have this issue with the fire safety where the e-bikes are known for their lithium batteries kind of setting fires or becoming a blaze and now causing hazardous issues, but they have put those on, like, the outside or they put that in another area so it would not harm the tent um, situation. And then they were talking about the fact of, listen, we don't have enough hydrants out here, and even if something were to jump off, they have two satellite units that can come to the location, but those same satellites your satellite units are also for the entire borough of Brooklyn. What are we talking about? Let's talk about the fact that they got off the bus, they saw the tent city, and they got back on the bus because they didn't feel it was good enough. Mm. I, I I was listening to it early this morning on the news, um, and, you know, this is this is what happens when you don't plan effectively. We've been saying this since before um, people started coming here, um, and you you're still kind of behind. You know, common sense would have told you that you're going to have to find a accommodate a, a place that can accommodate the people. So you put them in a tent. Here's the other thing. They're using communal bathrooms. So I had no privacy at this point. I was in, you know, what, wherever I was, I had something. You know, now you got me in a tent. It's cold. I'm dealing with a climate that I've never had to deal with. And 
New York hasn't even gotten to the degree of cold that we normally get. This actually is okay. I mean, we've had snow, you know, and, and all types of things. They keep talking about snow coming. One day they say it's coming, and then you look and it's not. It's just, you know, these people have to deal with all of that. You got, I have no privacy. You, I, at least in a hotel, I have, you know, access to be able to, you know, have some freedom. I got to, I can go to the bathroom when I want to. I can shower when I want to. Nobody's looking at me. I don't have to worry about being close to somebody that I've never had to deal with before. Yeah, I would do the exact same thing. I had a nice warm place. So you know what? I'm going back to where I came from. You know, whatever it is I got to do, if I got to pick it, if I got to walk, you know, um, I am I, I I I have compassion for these people because they didn't you know they didn't have to go through all of this stuff. You could have told them, listen, we'll give you some finances to stay there, but no, we decided that it was okay for you to come here, you know. And now we have to accommodate. If, if I tell you you can come to my house, sure you can come to my house, but you can only stay thirty days. What is that, you know? And you come from a place completely entirely different. If I invite you to my home then that means that I've got to make preparations for you. And we are not doing that, and we're not doing it sufficiently. You know, this is not one of those you, you come in and you pass and you go. You know, then I'll send you to someplace else. No, I'm still responsible for you. The first time that I said you could come, that's when I should have done what needed to be done. We did not plan. We are still not planning. And even putting – and then you put them out in an area where there's nothing. They, you know, even when I listen to the no, to the news – you can't even use your cell phone out there because there are no towers, you know. So, and then trying to get from one place to another. If you if you finally get a choice of income, you know, a, a an employment, how are you going to get from point A to point B? You know, there's no trains up. There's nothing out there. They literally sit you out there, literally to kind of sort of die, you know, because that's what it looks like to me. There's nothing out there. There's nowhere for me to... Uh, to prepare for my family, I can't get them food. I can't even call somebody if I'm, if I'm having an incident. And now you're talking about that they don't have the preparations for a fire. Those e-bikes, they cause major damage. You're not talking about like a little something and you got like you know something that you can put the fire out. You have to really work to get that fire down and to to minimize. They cause buildings to go down. So they, we are literally not doing what we need to do. Alrighty, alrighty. Thank you for joining us this morning and voicing your opinion. Let's see what Pastor KL has got to say, because I got a question. Pastor KL, good morning. Good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you? I am well, thank you. How are you feeling? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm yet in the land of the living. I haven't gotten my wings yet. <laughs> All righty. Thank God for that. All right, Pastor KL. I want to know, and before I ask you, Pastor KL, listen, hit me up. You know how to get to me. Hit me up. Let me know what you think. If you're listening and you have a thought, which I know you do, let me know what you're thinking about the fact that the migrants have finished their 30 or 60 days at the shelter, they have now been taken to the tent city, and when they got to the tent city and they saw the accommodations, they were like, no way, I'm not doing this. I'm going back to the Roosevelt Hotel that I've been put out of, and I'm going to find a way for them to allow me to stay. 
I can't stay here. I'm going back to the Bronx. I'm going back to anywhere where I was. I'm going back to anywhere where I think is better than this. Please hit me up and let me know what you think. All right, Pastor Kel, it's on you. What you got to say about it? Well, I mean, uh, Lady Jamika pretty much hit every point there is. I mean, I, I'm, I'm totally with her. You know, if if, if I was in a better place, it, it, it's almost like when they told Moses, you took us from out here, you took us from where we were to, to out here, you know, I, I'm in a better place, and now you want me to come over here where it's less than where I was? No, no, you could have you kept me where I was. You know, like, like she said, at least I had the privacy. You know, I mean, there, 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 there's no security over here, you know, for, for my health, you know, for, for my peace of mind, for nothing. You know, you, you should have kept me where I was. All righty, all righty. Well, I got one comment. Uh, good for them for not accepting for for not accepting any old thing. These ten cities are not logical, and they've already been shut down because y'all throwing them up without concern. So I say yes to the migrants. Don't accept the nonsense, but. At the same time, maybe it's time to take those plane tickets they were offering and head on back because you see it's not what you thought it would be here. So, having said that, that's my question. Now, last week or the week before, week before, I believe, we talked about the fact that Mayor Adams was offering plane tickets to go anywhere you wanted to go, anywhere. And the people said, no, they're not going to take the plane tickets because they were promised work and a life here in the United States, and they were going to write it out and insist on getting that uh, those accommodations that they were told they were going to receive that brought them here. All right, so I'm going to give that to you, Lady Tamika. You had a chance to go back. You said no. So now what? You're going to do what you promised. You know, that, that's the only thing that I can think of. You know, where where they were was a, 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 apparently extremely complicated. The fact that you brought me here gives me some type of hope and promise. You know, and now you, if, if, uh, again, if you weren't going to take care of me, you shouldn't have um, purchased a ticket for me to get here. You know, I'm not going back. I already had a hard time. You're going to send me back to where I came from to go through even more calamity. I don't have any idea. And the sad part about it is they don't have any idea what would happen when they got home, nor do they know what would happen when they got here. But you promised me. So the fact of the matter is they're living on a promise and a hope. And the hope is that life will be better for them. Hey, I'm struggling now, but it's going to get better. You know, you, you've heard plenty of stories. And, and all of us, wherever you came from, have heard of people coming to America and making it big time and doing things and, you know, achieving and, and being able to send money back home, you know. And there are many of, many of people that still think that thing. 
And so if you're living on that dream, you're living on a prayer that I'm going to make it. You know, yes, it's rough now, but, you know, who, who hasn't been able to go through? If you went from point A to point B, there, there's always a struggle. And so that's what's in their mindset, you know. And honestly, if I'm going through calamity where I came from and it's a little bit better, you know, I'm living in a Roosevelt Hotel. You think about it. The Roosevelt Hotel is not a, you know, a, a, it's pretty twinky. You know, it's a place that somebody would want to be. And, yes, it's, it's not permanent. But if I can go from here to even better, then why not? You know, and so I see what, what they're going through. I see, you know, it's pie in the sky. And so if you promise me pie, I'm going to sit right here till I get it. All righty. Pastor KL, you've been offered plane tickets to go anywhere you want to go. You've said no. Now what? I, I, I kind of like pie, too. You know, pie, pie is one of my favorite desserts. So I'm going to sit around and wait for the pie because, you know, it's going to be hot when I get it. You know, I mean, sometimes you got to go through the fire, you know, saying to get where you want to go. And I'm, I'm, I, can't, I can't afford to start over because that's what you're asking me to do. You're asking me to take a ticket, get out of your hair, and take a chance somewhere else. Well, I took a chance here because you promised me something. You dangled a, a carrot in front of me. Now I'm waiting on the carrot. There is no carrot where you're trying to send me, and I have to go there and find the carrot. No, I'll sit here and wait on the pie. All righty. Well, I'm going to weigh in. Y'all have lost your mind if y'all think I'm going to sit around and wait for somebody to give me something when I see it ain't happening. Did anybody hear me say they have exhausted their 30 and 60-day stay at whatever shelter they were before they put them on this bus. So when the man said, we're getting back on this bus, and they're going to take us to the train so we can go back to 45th Street, it's fine. If you don't want to take the tent city, if you don't feel that the tent city is what they promised you, I'm not mad at you. However, where are you going now? They didn't ask these people who were in the shelter within their 30 or 60-day stay, do you want to go to another shelter? That wasn't the question. They have exhausted the 30 days and the 60 days. And now they're saying, okay, you can't stay here in these shelters anymore because, like I said a couple of weeks ago, you now got to move so you can make room for the new people coming in. So that's their tier one. Now you have to go to tier two. So we're providing a tier two. So. If I'm going to have the mindset that says, okay, I'm going to go through the fire and I'm going to go through the war to get my piece of the pie, then the street is going to be my option or is the tent city going to be my option or the plane ticket to anywhere I want to go is going to be my option because the street ain't going to be my option. That's not going to happen for Stephanie, Stephanie and her family. I'm not doing that. 
I'm not insisting on staying anywhere. You dangled a carrot in front of me, and you said, all right, Steph, you come here, I'm going to give you this. Well, I've gotten here. I've spent time here. It looks very promising. I know the stories. I know the history of the United States. I know the history of New York. I know people have made it. However, I'm not sticking that part of it out without giving another place a chance. See, here's the difference between you flooding over here in New York with 166,000 other people and me taking the plane to someplace else. I'd rather take my chances and go someplace else and struggle where it's just me or me and my family and it ain't a whole slew of us trying to fight for the same thing. Nah, that ain't me. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I can't make you do nothing. And this, this right here is indication. I can't make you do nothing. Yes, you promised me. But it is evidence you can't fulfill your obligation. Just like the, um, the person said who wrote in. You ain't fulfilling your obligation. Shame on you. Shame on you for telling me I could have this and you told 900 million other people and we all over here trying to fight for the same crumb. I'm not staying and I'm not fighting. I'm just different. I'm not fighting to stay no place and fight my way. Give me the plane ticket. Let me let, let me say my little prayer and pick some place else where it's not as bad. And I'm because what's the difference? You're still homeless right now. Right now, you getting on the getting back on the bus to get to the train to go to 45th Street to stand outside and pick it. You must be crazy. Not me. Give me the plane ticket. Let me let me let me find some place. Let me do my little research, cause I got a little Obama phone, and I can get on the internet, and I, let me find some place where they say it could be a little bit better. I'll take my chances, because even if I'm gonna struggle, I'm struggling here. I'm struggling here. So let me go and find somewhere for me to struggle where it's not going to be me and 900 million other people. You're you fighting against how many other people here? No, thank you. So I don't know. As far as them putting them in these hazardous um, situations, shame on them again. Sh- uh, clearly, we have said this a million times, Tamika said it again, Clear- there was no plan and there still is no plan. Because even when you petitioned to get this field, where was the safety measures? Y'all mean to tell me y'all put up a tent city, you didn't consult with the fire department? When have you ever done that? When we buy a home... Pastor K.L., you own a home. Tamika, you own a home. You know good and well, if we have a home, we better have the COO. We better have all of our paperwork, the fire department, and everybody else that had to come through there and approve this house. But y'all can put up all of these places, and nobody bothers to consult with the fire department first. Come on. Come on. And I want to stay and fight for what? Y'all trying to kill me. Nah. No, that's all right. I'm out of here. Thank you for the plane ticket. Please tell me where I could go because I'm on my way there right okay. now. 
Seth, you're going to be like Victor Navarsky in the movie The Terminal. So he got to the airport, and then there was nowhere to go. So you'd rather just live in the airport because there's no guarantee when you get to where you're going that it's going to be any better either. So where, what is happening? Here's, here's my question. What's happening here? Ain't it the same struggle here? That's my point. I'm not saying, I, I, I am clearly not saying that when you get to wherever you go, there's going to be some magic that's going to happen. Because when, when they offered them the tickets and the people were refusing and they were saying no, because at least when we came here, they promised us X, Y, and Z. Y'all giving me a plane ticket to go anywhere I want to go, but these people are not expecting me. At least when I got here, you gave me 30 days. But if I go there, I don't have 30 seconds because they don't know I'm coming and I'm going to have to fight. But what's, what's the difference? What's the difference right now, Tamika? Honestly, you're still fighting. You are still fighting. And here's the thing. Here's where my brain goes. My brain goes to... I'm fighting here with 166,000 other people. I'd rather take my my chance leaving and going someplace else where I'm not fighting against all these other people who are trying to do the same thing, trying to get the same place. Can I go somewhere and maybe petition to go to social services and let them know, hey, I didn't just came here from Mexico, Venezuela, wherever. I got to New York or I got to San Francisco, I got wherever, and they said, hey, they didn't have no space for me. Can you help me? It's the same social services situation. That's what they're doing here. They go into social services and they're applying, and they're just, but they're also applying with Pedro and, 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 and Lula and, 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 and everybody else. If you go to someplace else, you're not fighting that fight against all these other people. So I'm not saying it's going to be better. That's the problem. I'm going to have to fight. I'd rather fight. Mm-mm. I'd rather fight fewer people. Fewer, uh, maybe I'll land a little better. Mm-mm. No, thank you. This, 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 this is insane. And, and that's why I'm bringing up the fact of the, the fire hazard. Y'all still don't have a plan. Y'all taking me to some place. I'm out 30 days. Now y'all taking me to some place where I still don't have any guarantee that if so, I'm not going to be in no enclosed place with 2,000 other people. All you need is for five people to get sick. The rest of us are in danger. No. Mm-mm. I'm not saying they should have gone to the tent city. Because I'm thinking about, I thought about the one, when they were on Cream more and they got 1,000 people, 1,000 men in one place. No. That's too much. That's too much. That Lord have mercy, that's too much. It's too much. Mm-mm. Give me my plane ticket, though. I'd rather get this, just let me go someplace else. Mm-mm. I'll do my little research. Who, who can, where can I go where they have a social services I can land and I can go and apply? I'd rather do that. No, thank you. Ooh, baby. All right. So we have no switch tip today because Shanti's has another obligation. So... We do have a topic, and we've kind of touched on this topic before, and I want to, it came up again. So I'm like, you know what, let's chat about it. So there's an article that says there are times where it screams 
no second date. Absolutely not. No. So, one of the things they mention is, he forgot your name. <laughs> to make up. Is there a second date after uh, that? <laughs> Absolutely not. You go out that often that you can't remember my name. Now, <laughs> I, I get it. For some people, my name is not unique. You know, and then for others, you know, they, they, they take a, a little while to remember. You better, look, you better write it down on paper, scribble it down on your hand when you call me. You know, uh, 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 yeah, this is, um, I'm just calling the girl I met the other day. Uh, uh, and I'm like, what do you mean the girl you met the other day? Don't you know my name? If you can't remember my name, then there's a whole lot of other things that you can't remember. Let's not even bother meeting again. The, the first time, last time. Thank you. Bye. Woo! Now that's from the woman's perspective. Pastor Kale, you go on a date and she can't remember your name. Is there kind of like some concession that you're giving? You know, maybe she's just overworked or something. She doesn't remember your name, so you'll give another chance. Or absolutely not. We're not going out on a second date. Well, for me, it's kind of kind of difficult because. You know, my my name is so um, so different, so they don't know how to say Kyle, Kyle, Kale. You know what I mean? So it, it becomes it becomes a little, you know, it becomes a little difficult. You know what I mean? So um, if if you have a problem with with saying it, I mean, you know it, but you just can't say it, then maybe I can help you out. But if you don't know it at all. You know what I mean, and and then then they 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 can see it, but but they don't want to say it for fumbling, you know. So for me, it's a little difficult. I might give them a second chance. So okay. So if she calls well, you, right. it's okay, right? Huh? <laughs> if she called me what? If she's calling you Richard, it's okay, right? Oh no 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 no! You call me a whole nother name now. We gonna have problems. We gonna have yeah, we gonna have problems. You know, but but you know, I mean, there's a lot of times in my former life. You know, I said, "How you pronounce your name again?" I, you know, I forgot the name, and then she go, "Brenda." <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> So I definitely, you know, understand if you're like, okay, you know what, I got a real um, difficult name, you know, Ubuntu, you know, that you may not be able to pronounce or something like that, uh, versus Richard. <laughs> and my name is KL. You know, yeah, then then that, that's got to be a big difference because, again, you know, what are you doing that you don't remember my name? You know, and and some people are bad with names. Some people are really bad with names. But my thing is, you need to do some studying and some homework then, because uh, if you can, you can't get that done, and you know you bad with names, then you need to be prepared to remember it. Write it in your hand. 
Write it in your hand real small, and every time you go to say my name, you can act like you're rubbing your forehead. You can act like you're yawning. Whatever you do, <laughs> you can look in your hand and figure out my name. But forgetting my name is not an option. I'm sorry. That's not happening. That's not happening. <sighs> what about a wardrobe malfunction? <laughs> Now, how are we handling this, Tamika? <laughs> so, we out on a outing, and your zipper is open. And I tell you, your zipper is open, and you're like, "Oh, it's broken." <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> about this is I'm not joking. This actually did happen to me. I was out with a gentleman and he was like, I said this, you know, I, I wasn't trying to, you know, but I was like, um, I'm, you know, not trying to be rude, but your zipper's open. He was like, yeah, I know. It's broke. He was like, okay. and, and, and like, as we got into the conversation, he was like, yeah, it's a safety pin. I was like, what? I mean, there, there, there are some times when you can be transparent on a first date, but that's not it. And, and needless to say, <laughs> it was not a second date. I was just like, if you came to meet me on the first date and you're telling me that your zipper is broken and, that, like, is that your only pair of hands? I mean, you know, did this date catch you by surprise? Did you not reschedule it? So all of those things came to my mind. And needless to say, the date didn't go on a second time. So he didn't even lie and say it broke on the way there? Not at all. And then my thing is, on the way there, like what? You stop to the, the to the dollar store and just get a a, 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 a safety pen? No, I would I would reschedule that day because it makes it look like this is what you do all the time. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> so you weren't flattered. You wouldn't have been flattered that he tried, you know, to insist that he meet you anyway. You know, you know, I gave her my word, and I, I'll meet her, and I'll let her know, you know. Okay, so let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. If he met you and he said, listen, on my way here, you know, uh, uh, this happened to my pants, would you mind helping me get another pair of pants? Well, well how would you have felt about that? No, ma'am. No, no. You, so... You could have even said, listen, I'm going to be a half an hour late. I had something that, you know, a mishap. You telling me I got to buy you a pair of pants on our first no, date? No, no, not no. That you, no, not that you're paying for it, but he wants you to go with him to to get a new pair of pants. Uh, I don't, I, I still don't see that. I, I, I just okay. don't know. You got to have some type of preparation prior to because because what to me you kind of get you kind of steal it to me the things that you do on that first date matter because you will continue to do that whatever it is that you do in the beginning you become habitual trust me believe it's always been that way for me for some reason <laughs> okay okay all right pastor kl they call it a wardrobe malfunction yeah i, I think when you have a lace front a wig that don't come to the front. I think it's a problem right there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when, when it stops, 
when it stops in the middle of your head and you try to show baby hair, yeah, we we gonna have problems. We gonna have problems. Oh, God. So, yeah. So yeah, I think, and, and you know what? And, and I've been around that. I'm like, is that how the wig's supposed to be? You know, I, I I'm trying to you know try to understand the, the new trend. I mean, but when it stops in the middle of your head. <laughs> and all you see is lace. <laughs> we got we got problems. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, Tamika, this is an interesting one. This is an interesting one, and this is why I actually did not mind going through this red flag list because they were bringing up some stuff that we hadn't talked about. He tells you in the conversation that he really has no friends. Are you going to continue and have that second date? I may. Um, and, And it could be a red flag or it just might be the fact that he's a loner. You know, and, and by choice, you know, um, for him to say that he doesn't have any friends, he might have some acquaintances or maybe he's very particular on who he aligns himself with. And so as opposed to all the foolishness, you'd rather be alone. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know. Um, so I'm, you might just get a, a, a second date from me. Okay, okay. Pastor KL? She doesn't have any yeah. friends. I, I'm, 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 I'm a little different. When, when a female don't have no friends, you know, I can see a male, you know, don't want to hang out with. But when, when you're a female and you ain't got not one buddy, y'all don't do nails together, y'all don't do nothing together, yeah, I, I'm starting to get scared of you. When, 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 when people don't want to be around, a lot of times when you don't have friends, it's because people don't want to be around you. So when you, when you have people who don't want to be around you, then, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of uh, second-guessing all this stuff. <laughs> all right. I didn't I didn't uh, comment on the, on the malfunction of the clothes, so I'll let that one go. Um, the friends thing. I think I need to hear why you don't have friends. I think at this age where we mm-hmm. are now, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I need to hear why there are no friends because I, I'm, I'm kind of flowing with you, Tamika. Is that a terminology that you're using? And I don't have no, you know, I got one friend. So I'm not saying I don't have friends. Also, I am saying I don't have friends because I don't have a long list of them. And I've got one good friend and I've got some associates and, you know, things like that. But, you know, if someone tells me they don't have any friends and I don't hear a good reason why you don't have any friends, then I don't, you know, I don't know if I'm willing to stop and not go on a second date. I don't, I don't know if that's not, you know, if that's going to impede, you know, the process. But I think I need to hear why. I, I don't think I can go just with the flat. I don't have no friends. I'm like, okay, I can't go on a second date. All right, so... You know, that that's something to think about. But it didn't come up before, so I thought that was an all interesting. <sighs> Let's see. Orders for you. Now, some people, you know, this kind of flows either way. So I'm, I'm kind of interested in this one. All right, Tamika. So he's ordering for you. And some people feel, based on this list, 
this is what they were asking. What are some of the things that stop you from going on a second date, that scream no second date? And people have actually listed, I don't want the person ordering for me. What do you say? Now, we're talking about a first date, right? Yep, first date. <laughs> so, uh, you're sitting there, you look at the menu, and you say, oh, she'll have the tuna fish sandwich. I most certainly don't want tuna fish. I want the shrimp. I want the shrimp water. So, you decide to get me tuna fish because it's cheap. You know, it's a tuna fish sandwich. And maybe for all I know, you, you know, you don't know what I eat. And so for you to choose what it is that I eat, that's a problem. I don't want that. You know, oh, we're going to get the two for two. No, we're not. I don't want that. You know, I can tell you. I have a mouth. I can tell you what I want. Now, if we're talking about somebody like Al, Al, can, Al knows what I eat. So he can pretty much, you know, um, he can pretty much say what it is that I'm going to pick because he knows me. But you don't know me. This is our first date and you choosing for me? Yeah, we won't see each other again. And I won't eat what it is that you ordered. I got money in my pocket. If you choose not to pay for my meal, trust me, I got enough for me to take care of me, and and you will be paying for yours. If we got to go Dutch, then that's it. And trust and believe. After I, after we go Dutch, you will not see me again. All righty, you will not see her again. Uh, Pastor KL, she wants to be nice and order for you. Well, let me let me say this first of all, as, as a man, you know, we just talked about you know. Uh, clothing malfunctions and stuff like that. So if, if, if you and I are on a date and I see you busted out of your clothes, you know what I mean, I might order you a salad. I'll put chicken in it. But surely you don't need nothing extra. You know what I mean? We already having malfunction problems. You don't need to, I, I, I'm trying to be nice. You know, so I, I, don't, think that's a, I don't think that's a problem. I, I don't think that's a problem. You know, me personally. So... I mean, my wife used to order for me all the time because, you know, I'm a diabetic, so she's going to tell me what I'm going to eat and what I'm not going to eat. So I just ate it. So I understood. Well, I don't know if that's all right for me. I'm still an adult. And I'm not, you don't need to be ordering for me. No. No. I'm sorry. I, I appreciate your concern for my health. But no. And I ain't just going to eat it either. No, but if we're talking about a first date and you want to suggest something that, you know, is, is good, you know, well, what's good on the menu or something like that, you know, I'll take your suggestion into consideration, but I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to allow you to just order for me. You know, I think you need a chance to learn me first. I don't think this needs to be a crash course and what you'd like to see me eat. No, whether you're with the coat because I'm busting out my clothes, whether, you know, it's for some other reason you want to try to make it seem as though, you know, you're all of that. You know, you try to brag, in other words. Uh, no, hold on to all of that. The first date is not for that, in my opinion. You know, if we make it to maybe a third time or something like that, then... Let me decide. Say, well, you know what? What do you think is good? No, 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 you hold on to that right there. Not for the first time. Not for the first time. Okay, here's one that I want to know what you think. They say if he talks about or they talk about their mother too much. So let's say for the male, it's she's talking about he's talking about his mom 
way too much. What are you, what is is are you going on a second date with him, Tamika? Oh, we lost Tamika. All right, pick Pastor KL. If she's talking about her dad all the time, are you going to go on a second date with her? Well, I mean, that's that's kind of in the middle, you know. I, I, I'm, I'm a big thing on on family. So if you're talking about your mother or your father a lot, you know what I mean. That 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 means you're big on on family, and I could appreciate that. But now if you're talking about my my dad wouldn't tolerate this, and my dad wouldn't go for this, and then you know you and your dad can go go somewhere. You know, you know it depends on, on <laughs> it depends on what you're saying about your dad. You know what I mean. I don't want to hear that he's a superhero. You know. What I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean she's fond of him and she thinks, you know, a lot of of what he, you know, of of the way he thinks and his values and, and things like that. It doesn't read off like that. It does. However, it depends on where and who you are. Like, again, if I'm in my formal life, I don't want to hear about your dad because now I, I understand that, that your dad is in control. And I can't get over on her daughter. You, you understand what I'm saying? So it, 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 talks, it talks a lot about that, about your circle. You know, if I constantly hear about your dad and your brothers, then you ain't the one I want to be with. <laughs> <laughs> now, why the brothers? Because, you know, the, the brothers are going to always take up for their sister. So, you know, if you got, if you, got you know, a couple of big brothers, I don't want to meet them in the alley. Because I, I broke your sister's heart. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Dad, it's, it's you, just you and I. We're gonna ride this one out for a little bit, Pastor KL. Okay. Ah, uh, they say she depends too much. Oh no, no, not, let's rephrase that. Let's re, let's phrase that. She's constantly looking at her phone on your first date. What's your thought behind that one? Do you go ask her out on a second date, or do you ask her questions or suggest she get out the phone? Well, first of all, I definitely won't ask you on a second date, and I don't think you would suggest that if you get off the phone. I, I, I understand and I see that your phone is obviously more important than my conversation and all this date. So I just get through the date as fast as I can, and I won't see you anymore. One thing I won't be doing is calling your phone. Okay. If it's a work phone, does that shift it? No, it really doesn't because at, at some point, you know, I have a work phone as well, but at some point you have to be able to shut off from that, you know what I mean, so that you can have your private and personal life. If, if, you're, if, you're, if your professional life keeps jumping into your personal life, then you're never going to have a real relationship. Okay, okay. I have a question for you. This one I'm, I'm really interested. She says I'm in between jobs. When you take her out on the date, she does not have a job at the time, but she says that, you know, she does work, but she's just not working right now. What does a man do with that one? That means you're broke. That means you're broke. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're broke, you're hungry, and you're thirsty. You know, no, no one, who says I'm in between jobs? 
You ain't got no job. I'm just saying that. I'm just saying that. I'm just using that terminology. I'm not saying she's necessarily using those words. That's just something Pastor Steph said. So you you fill in the blank, like whatever else she could say. What would be acceptable to you? Is there anything that would be acceptable to you? Not not at my age. You know, not not at our age. I mean, if we were young kids, you know, yeah, that's fine. But but at our age, you you should be stabilized. There should be some type of stability. You know, now if you got laid off because you know the market is down or something like that, or or because of COVID, you can't work. Then yeah, that's understandable. But you know, the, the sun is shining and you know everything is fine, and you ain't got no job. But you can tell me everything that goes on on Judge Judy. <laughs> that's a problem for me. <laughs> oh my something, Doordash, somebody. Try to do something. You just sitting at home. So there's no at, at no point can she lean on it for you that she's looking for a job. You know, there there there's people who are looking for Jesus but never find them because they're not serious about it. <laughs> 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 but they say they're looking. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my goodness gracious! Now, now if we're together and, and you had a job, and then all of a sudden you lost your job, yeah, you can probably depend on me for a couple of dollars, just a couple. But if we start off and you ain't got no money, no, what's yours is yours, what's mine is mine, and never should yeah, the two meet. <laughs> I have a question for you. Here's, this is something on this list. A drinker, a woman who orders a drink on the first date, is that a red flag for you or do you feel, you know, okay, listen, if you do drink, and I'm not saying ordering multiple drinks, but should she reserve the fact that she drinks at all? all for a possible second date or should she be free enough to order some alcoholic beverage regardless of whether it's a mixed drink a hard drink um what do you call it um uh, 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 a glass of wine what'd you say you know they got them virgin drinks no no virgin drink we ain't talking about no virgin drink we're talking about an alcoholic beverage so whether it's one of those little mixed cute drinks with the colors or whether mm-hmm. it's fruity, you know, or, you know, a hard drink, you know, Johnny Walk on Rocks, or, you know, just a, a glass of wine, do you think that needs to be reserved for after a first date? Or should you just kind of order your your one glass and, and it's it's okay? Well, first of all, I'm, I'm admitting that, that you know what a Johnny Walker on ice is. You know, that, that's first. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I, you kind of stumped me there. You kind of stumped me. Is that the new community? No wonder everyone is so happy at your church. <laughs> I heard y'all stay there all day. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! 
first of all, any woman for me that that drinks, or whether it's the first day or second day, that's a total turnoff. If you drink and smoke, that's a total turnoff. So for me, there will be no second. There won't, won't okay. be a second day. No, what, you know what date it is. Okay, okay, and that's what I wanted to know because, you know, some people, you know, again. They don't mind if you drink, but they're like, okay, I think you need to introduce that to me slowly. And then you have the others who, like yourself, say it doesn't matter. A a, a lip that touches wine won't touch mine type of thing, you know. So, you know, (laughs) it doesn't matter, you know, what you drink, whether it's a little fruity, you know, uh, uh, what do you call that, Um, strawberry daiquiri or, you know, a pina colada or whatever. It just doesn't matter. I don't want you know, to. I, you know a lot of drinks. I'm just really that you know so many of these. Oh, I'm my sorry. God. I am 56 years old. I have not lived behind the veil. I don't drink, pina and I've colada, never drank. But it doesn't mean. <laughs> Johnny Walker? You know, listen, <laughs> if you're going to be a pastor, you better know these things because when people are talking to you, and mm. as you know, I have a young congregation. Am I supposed to be like dumb when they talk and I don't know what in the world they're talking about? I gotta, you know, like I said, I've never drank, so I, but I need to know what they out here drinking for sure. Well, Goodness I, I thought Johnny, I thought Johnny Walker was a congregant until you said on ice. <laughs> <laughs> You're so corny. <laughs> Shanties when you need her. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! Well, Pastor KL, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to, to, to converse with you one to one, and uh, we thank you for your contribution into today's conversation. And we pray you have a blessed day. You as well. You as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my goodness gracious. Well, let's uh, take this opportunity to go before the Lord, holding hands and holding hearts. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We thank you, O God, for just a blessing of seeing a new day. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for just loving us enough that you have extended our life just one more day, one more day. And you've invested in us one more time. And, Lord, with all that's been said, whether it was regarding the news, whether it was regarding dating, we are trusting, dear Heavenly Father, that you've been speaking. And we ask you, God, to allow your words to permeate our hearts, our minds, our spirits, so that we know when we hear from you, it can take root and we can be blessed. It can be uh, disseminated into the world and we can just disciple person by person by person by person we thank you god for all those who listened in today we thank you dear heavenly father that you've paid the bills for us to minister or for us to be ministered to and as 
um, ministers on this broadcast, God, we thank you because we're not just ministering, but we're also listening and hearing from you as well. We ask you, God, to bless this day, and we thank you for allowing us to, you know, get that Monday morning blues gone if that's the way we started our day off, that there's you and there's always you that we can lean on and we don't ever have to worry about being bluesy, dear Heavenly Father. Lord, we're asking you to touch upon this broadcast, God, that you would send your listeners from near and far, that more and more people would be blessed and told about what's going on on its due time with Pastor Steph. And we give you the glory and the honor for this blessing, a way to start this broadcast each and every day on a good, positive note. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Mm. Wow. I love this due time crew because no matter who we're left with, we always, we always uh, end up with a good conversation. You know, looking at these news stories today, you know, looking at two two different men who, with their own children, there were mishaps, there was anger, there was shooting. And I say, where, where are the true parents today? Will the true parents stand up? You know, we have one man who shot the wife right in front of the daughter and her friend, and you have the fact that he actually shot at her, the daughter. Thank God he missed. You have another man who thought that, you know, he was getting evicted, shot at his wife, shot at his son and ended up killing his eight-year-old daughter by mistake. Where is this restlessness coming from? Where is the restlessness coming from? Why is it that you are so out of sorts that you would be careless and reckless like this? Careless that you would be firing in the vicinity of children, never considering that your child, you know, could be hit, you know, and he's, you know, remorseful. But where was the thinking before you pulled out your gun? You have the other man who didn't want the divorce, so he shot and killed the wife in front of the daughter, tried to shoot the daughter, and then declared to the judge that I know you think I'm a monster, but I'm not a monster. So if a person who does that is not a monster, then who is the monster? Who? 
you know, let us be aware, fully aware of what we do before we do it. Because, as you can see in these two instances, there were no second chances. There were no do-overs. And we want to make sure that we always represent God in the perfect way, in the best way. We always want to make sure that we are careful about the things that we do so that, you know, other people don't get caught in the crossfire. And it doesn't necessarily mean with a gun. It just means just being caught up in all that you're doing. Let's make sure that we think before we act because once it's done, it's done. We cannot reverse any of this. And either, I mean, either one of these men could could not have a second chance at this. You have one man who doesn't have the daughter anymore, and you have the other man who has the daughter, but he'll never see her again. So even if he loves her and he was only mad at the wife, you know what? There's some real malfunction here. You know, you know, I'm an advocate for domestic violence, and I promise you this is not the first time that this behavior was displayed. And this is why I say know when to go. Know when to go. Because you have one wife that's lost her life, and you have another wife whose life was, was threatened. He actually shot at her. As a matter of fact, he he did shoot her. She just didn't die. So please pay attention to all the clues. Know when to go. Know when to separate. And, and give that person an opportunity to get some help. You go get some help if you need it. Don't be afraid to go get some counseling. Make sure you protect your children. Okay? Because that's our, that's our obligation as well. As a matter of fact, we want to protect them more than we even want to protect ourselves. All right? All right. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember... Prayer change things. Is Pastor Steph signing off? And I want to thank my due time crew for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us. Please do not miss the opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen your relationship with the Lord right now. Because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, God spares, where it's Let's Talk About It Tuesday Church Folk Day. Until then, I love you. Mm-hmm.